History in hindsight can sometimes seem deterministic. Like the paths we have trodden before couldn't have gone any other way. This podcast explores Perth's divisive history. From foreshore festivities to a regime of racial segregation, we look at the different ways we have come together and the forces that kept us apart. We've tried to edit it out of history and just not mention it. You always knew that when six o'clock came, you had to get out of town. Middle class and upper class Perth really saw it as their duty to police people's morality. This is Untold Stories of Perth. Part one. It's the early 1920s. The gold boom has brought money to Perth, but it isn't shared by all. The white Australia policy is in full swing. Polite society has a strict code of conduct. And traditional values are being undermined by a new cultural shift. Veterans have just returned home from the First World War and a charity called the Ugly Men's Society raises funds to support them. Their first sort of fundraising initiative in Perth was to have an Ugly Men's competition where you could nominate people and then the public voted on who they thought was the ugliest man. (laughs) This is local historian Gabriel Maddock. And people really got into it and they raised a lot of money. The success of the Ugly Men's events led to the establishment of a permanent festival site on Perth's foreshore. They called it White City. The dance floor was in the centre. It was a really large dance floor and there was live music. There was also a big main stage that had a lot of um, shows. There were a lot of circus performers who went there, big circuses. Then there were also the sideshow tents. Um, One man who performed in a sideshow tent who was a snake charmer. His name was Rocky Vane. He and his wife would sort of do this um, elaborate show. She was often dressed as Cleopatra and he would um, actually let snakes bite him to prove to the audience that an antidote that he was selling actually worked. So he was a really interesting guy. And actually during one show, his wife was bitten by a tiger snake. She died, so they were real snakes and it was it was dangerous. Did he keep performing after that? He kept performing. He went almost straight back to his show and a year later his business partner took a whole collection of tiger snakes to the pub to do an impromptu show for his mates and got bitten and he died as well. So um, that was very bad luck for Rocky and after that The government and the people managing White City said to Rocky, look, this is really too dangerous. You can't keep performing with tiger snakes. And so he didn't want to kill his snakes. So he took them down actually south of Fremantle, got in a rowboat, rowed over to Karnak Island and released all his tiger snakes on Karnak Island. They think that that's why Karnak is still infested with tiger snakes. Oh, Rocky! <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can kind of see the disapproval <laughs> yeah. perspective. Yeah. <laughs> How did it end? 
It ended at the end of 1929. Um, it was closed by the government. They, it's actually it was government land that was leased. So at the end of um, nineteen twenty nine, they decided not to renew the lease. But I think that was really because of this social pressure to to close the venue. At that time in history, there was a big emphasis on this idea of morality, and I think middle class and upper class Perth really saw it as their duty to police people's morality, particularly working-class people who, you know, they had this very um, paternalistic attitude. They, they thought that people, um, working-class people, couldn't look after themselves. My name is Steve Kinane. I'm a Mirawang Matamata from the East Kimberley and I am a writer and researcher. My grandmother's name was Jessie Argyle. Uh, she married an Englishman named Edward Alfred Byron Smith, a non-Aboriginal man and an Aboriginal woman. That was very unusual because, of course, cohabitation was illegal under the Aborigines Act in Western Australia. The Aborigines Act of 1905 was a piece of legislation that allowed the state to control and manage the lives of Aboriginal people. This act birthed the role of the Chief Protector of Aborigines, a position taken over by A.O. Neville in 1916. Over the next 25 years, Neville would spark a number of interventions that sought to segregate First Nations people and breed out Aboriginality. A.O. Neville... Should the coloureds be encouraged to go back to black, or should they be advanced to white status and be absorbed into the white population? The prohibited areas legislation came about because in the 1920s, particularly 1926, 1927, there were a lot of complaints about Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people cohabiting at White City. Mr Neville heard about this and sent police down to investigate. The police reported back, and the police reports were actually quite benign. They were saying that there's no real problem. People are actually just enjoying themselves. They're keeping to themselves when they are mixing with other uh, white people or mixing with white people. There's no trouble that they can see. But what was occurring was things such as Aboriginal men were entering into buck-jumping competitions and winning against white men. Aboriginal men were joining in boxing competitions and winning against white men. And this was being talked about in the community. And Mr Neville writes in his file that he believes that this reflects poorly upon both him in terms of the administrator of Aboriginal people, but also in his view upon, upon whiteness, upon the idea that Aboriginal people could defeat non-Aboriginal people in a competition was not something that he wanted, he condoned. As a response to this, Neville introduced the Perth Prohibited Area in March 1927. The area would require Aboriginal people to carry a permit to show they had a reason to be in the area after 6pm. This policy was enforced by police, by shop owners, publicans, anyone could demand justification for why an Aboriginal person was there and punish them for it. This would remain the case until 1954. It essentially was uh, approximately five miles square. It ran from all the way along the foreshore, taking into um, account White City. It rang up Spring Street, Milligan Street, at the sort of 
western end of Hay Street, across into Northbridge, past Russell Square. Then it hit Newcastle Street, ran all the way east until you hit Lord Street, did a little dogleg down Lord Street and along Royal Street, literally right past the ABC studios in East Perth. And then it turned right into Bennett Street and went all the way down to the river. At any time in history, in any general sense or description of a, a period, there are people who, who are ahead of their time. As in, there are people who aren't just buying into the lowest common denominator norms of the time, whether it be about racism or inequality or sexism. And in that sense, at that time in the 1920s, there were many non-Aboriginal people, largely returned servicemen, people who'd, who'd suffered in the First World War, who came back and wanted something different. And those non-Aboriginal people, often from their experiences in war, were also mixing with Aboriginal people because they were working alongside Aboriginal people in fertiliser factories out at Bassendine, uh, in the power station in East Perth, um, on labouring jobs around the city. And so they came to understand Aboriginal people in a way that most non-Aboriginal people didn't because, of course, the 1905 Act itself even though it's set up as an act of protection, was essentially an act of segregation. And it segregated not only Aboriginal people from white society, it separated white people from Aboriginal people. The prohibited area formally ended in 1954, but the enormity of its legacy could be felt for years to come. We've tried to edit it out of history and just not mention it. If history is for nothing else, it's for learning and informing our future. This podcast was produced by Barking Wolf and me, Elsa Silberstein. Story by Mitchell Withers. Sound design by Tom Allen. Commissioned by the City of Perth. <laughs>